Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. And now let's jump right into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Things Marketing and Education. In this episode, I sat down with Henry J. Turner. He is an award-winning high school principal. He is a co-author. He's a nationally renowned speaker. And he's just an overall inspiring leader in education. And you will get that and more in this conversation. You have previously met Henry on a past episode of All Things Marketing and Education in which we really dug deep into what does it mean to have an anti-racist classroom? What can you do as a leader, as an educator, as an ed tech professional around that topic? So I'm going to put a link to that in our show notes, because once you hear Henry talk, you will want to hear more. He is today chatting with us more generally about his experience as an educator. And I'm going to ask him all of the questions that you marketers and ed tech professionals want to know, especially from leaders in education right now. But I'm going to be asking him about the buying cycle. How does he choose specific ed tech products? What are his key priorities for the year? Do those change year over year? All of that good stuff. So this episode is not to be missed. And even from an educator perspective, I would love for you to meet Henry as a leader and, and see how maybe you can introduce Henry to other leaders that you may know in your school system as well. So a little bit about Henry before we get into this episode. Henry was named the 2020 K-12 Principal of the Year by K-12 Dive. I mentioned that Henry is a co-author alongside Kathy Lopes. It's a new released book. It's called Chain to the Narrative, How to Foster an Anti-Racist Culture in Your School. Again, those will be in the show notes and we'll mention the link to the show notes at the end of the episode. Henry has spent 22 years plus as a teacher and a principal. And of that 22 years, half of that is being a principal, all in Massachusetts. And sometimes when we think of school leaders, we say, gosh, you know, they have to. What I think a great school leader is, is they have to have a foundation of being in the classroom, knowing what it's like to be an educator. And when you see that 50% of Henry's experience has been in the classroom as an educator and then transitioned into a leadership role, that gives a really cool, well-grounded perspective in a lot of his answers. In Henry's day-to-day, obviously, he's very passionate about creating inclusive cultures. He works with educators, leaders, and communities on how to create those cultures that commit to diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. So again, if you are an ed tech brand specifically, this episode is not to be missed. We're going to be talking about what are education leaders' priorities, specifically his as it relates to back to school and throughout the year. And then how does he really evaluate ed tech products? And 
so much more. I get to pick his brain on all of the things. So stay tuned. I'm so excited to give you this conversation from Henry J. Turner. Henry, for ed tech professionals listening, I know this is a bit of an impossible task, but I'd love for you to just give an overview of what your priorities are as the school year unfolds. Because so often I look at, gosh, they're not, you know, ed tech, we all come with this mindset of like, yes, we're in this business because we want to really help. We all come into that. But sometimes we falter because we're not really sure what your priorities and challenges are. And we want to be able to align that. So why don't you get started on just like, hey, we're at the beginning of the school year. Here's our top priorities. If you're not in our top priorities, sorry, you're going to wait. Because that's so helpful for our audience of ed tech professionals. For sure. As I'm sorry to think about my, my opening message to, with our staff, is that my priorities are to make sure that our staff feel supported and excited for the school year, that our students feel supported and excited for the school year, and that our fa- families feel supported and communicated too. I would say specifically in terms of how, to, how we're doing that is we always talk about um, making, you know, what are our instructional goals? How do we make sure that students are um, active and engaged, thinking critically, building skills in the classroom? How are we supporting students when they're struggling in our classrooms or in our hallways? What are the ways to support them in a tiered way? And whether it's small or large, right? And so what we know now over the last couple of years is that mental health has been a major increase in, increased challenge. It was a crisis prior to the pandemic, and it's certainly a crisis now. And then finally, how are we making sure that, or how are we developing citizenship skills for our students? How are we making sure that our students, that we're using an unbiased lens? Like how are we creating an anti-racist mindset to make sure that students feel connected, that they're able to develop skills and able to develop skill, those kind of citizenship skills for their future? So like, that's a lot that's there. So obviously, like we try to narrow what are our specific objectives within that. But those are our three key areas every single year that we're looking for. How do we make sure that students are active and engaged? How do we make sure that students are developing skills? And how are we using anti-bias strategies to support that? And then how are we supporting students when they struggle? And then, but I would say like my day-to-day is like continuing to keep the message going when the craziness happens, right? On I, We have faculty meetings maybe once a month. And so like our teachers aren't regularly thinking about what are our goals as a school. And so my job is to continue to communicate and to, and to show our progress, to have those individual conversations, to support student innovation. So we have 120 some odd clubs and student organizations. How do I support students with where their passions are? I think a challenge that we're thinking about is we are creating, we've created some seals for students to put on their transcript when they demonstrate a level of, of mastery and around their passions. And so how are we able to identify where, what are the passions of our students and how do we best help them to articulate that when they go into post-secondary? That's a huge challenge to work about. And then how do we help our families to understand the changing environment of what employers are looking for for teenagers so that what are the skills that we want them to be able to have to be able to be employable or to be ready for post-secondary. Like those are the things that I'm constantly thinking about. And then how do we deal with the day-to-day crisis? Every student is going to have a crisis in high school, whether it's small or large. And so how do we support students, support families, 
and how do we do it in a way that is student focused and and, and learner centered? I think those are also like the day to day things that we're constantly thinking about. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Like you said, it's. But I, I love how you almost start with here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here are three main buckets. Here's how I'm consistently trying to say that message throughout the year amidst all of the ebb and flows of just gosh, the busyness, the what you called some crises, you know, you're putting out fires, you're ensuring that we stay on that path. When it comes to having technology align with what your challenges or your focuses are, how, how do you begin to do that? Do you let a lot of your teachers decide some of the things? I know some of it's probably district-led. But in the before the even school year starts, tell me about your process of, I imagine the school year, here are my top three focuses. Here's what I'm looking for to align with them. And have you had any like examples of people coming towards you and say, hey, I noticed you focused on equity. Let's see how this product can help you. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the products that we are most interested in are the ones that are going to help us reach our goals more, particularly our equity and our SEL and our academic goals. For example, we redesigned our schedule uh, a few years ago and created a new lock in our day where we wanted students to be able to either get extra help or to get some work done or to do some sort of enrichment. And we found this company, MyFlex Learning, that built a flexible lock scheduling program. And so what we saw in this program was that it put the power in the hands of students to be able to choose where they wanted to go. Teachers could say, I'm doing extra, I'm doing extra help before the math test on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I'm going to do a reading group. Like teachers had the flexibility to be able to say what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so that, that has been for sure the most successful and easiest technology implementation that I've experienced. And it's because there was everyone, whether it's students or, or teachers, saw how it was going to help students achieve the goal that we wanted was to provide support for them in a variety of different ways and had the flexibility for us, right? It met several of our needs. And I think that while that may have been the smoothest transition of, of, a, of a piece of software, Others have been, you know, similar, regardless of what the, the solution that they're trying to solve is. But the solution is geared towards something that we're trying to solve in our school, right? And I think that for the ed tech companies who learn about our school, once they see here are the things, because we're very public, these are things that we're working on as a school, right? They we're very public what our values are. And so the tech companies that reach out to us to say, "Hey, I'm I hear that you are trying to understand." how students are feeling around some of the DEI work that you're doing. And we have an AI tool that's going to help you look, analyze uh, your survey data even deeper than you're able to. Like to us, that fits a need, right? Because this person reached out to us because they know what we're, they know what we're trying to do and the problems that we're trying to do. And you can just go on our website. You can look at, you know, all the material we're doing and know what work we're doing. When I get the cold call, emails for from someone who has no idea what we're working on, then it's going to be something that I'm just going to bypass. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is 
you as a leader always have your top priorities. And a lot of the times you're keyword scanning and do they have they done their homework? Does it align with my top priorities for the year that I as a person and, and, and these are like what you're saying is it's not just for the year. You tend to have those year after year after year. And your role is really being that storyteller, but also being a enforcer that feels like ensuring that you continue on that path and it doesn't let it flip amidst all of the chaos that's unanticipated in the school year. So align it with what you care about. Do your homework. And I know that sounds a little common sense, but it's nice to hear from you on what your priorities are. Mm-hmm. And do you ever have companies say that when EdTech, we always like to throw in words that sound buzzwordy and it might get your attention. And you're like, oh, that really doesn't do that. They just throw in the word equity or AI and they caught my attention. So that's good. But, and it didn't really deliver. Do you, have you had experiences around that? Yes, a lot. I just want to be real here for the people listening. Yeah. We, we all right. experience it. We don't talk about it. So if you're an ed tech company, make sure you can truly deliver on what you say. It's really good that you're listening and you're aligning it to what they need, but make sure it delivers. I, mean, I think the, thing that's important that's changed over the last maybe five years is that I think a lot of leaders are not looking to necessarily keep adding to the tech that they are bringing into the school, but actually to stream to streamline it. Because I think that what COVID brought on was people feeling overwhelmed by the amount that of hardware and software that teachers are being asked to, to use. And that might, I think for some companies, that may be harder, a harder environment. But I think for thoughtful companies, there, there are some clear solutions for them, which is that instead of just creating a product and advert and marketing it as a one size fits all kind of thing that's, you know, going to work for any school, really understanding what is the school struggling with, right? When I'm walking around at a conference, going to different booths, instead of just giving me a pamphlet, like actually learning about what am I struggling with as, as an educator? Right. Those are the, that's the, what's going to engage, engage me because there are a lot of problems going on in our school, in our schools, right? There are a lot of challenges that we're trying to solve. And you're not going to find out how to actually help me to see how your product is going to help our school or help me until you actually understand what we're struggling with. And I'm going to point this out because we've had some episodes on conferences and how to be effective with conferences. And a lot of the questions from the ed tech perspective is, what is the ROI of conferences? How do they measure it? But if you come up to me at my booth, I'm selling you, I'm selling something that you're at least intrigued. I'm going to take time to listen, is what you said. Hey, what are your struggles? Not me talk about, you want to hear it? You want to see a demo? No. Hey, what are you struggling with right now? Maybe we can align it with what this product does. First shift. Second is, I'm going to take some notes on who you are, make sure I have your personal follow-up and do a personalized. Hey, Henry, I know we talked about the struggles that you're having, and these are your key priorities. Let's set up a demo. I want to show you exactly how this feature does it. Now, other, what the typical standard is, hey, about three weeks later, you get a generic email blast, and we've all got it, right? <laughs> so it's a different approach. Yes, it may not be scalable, but having this relationship with the principal and understanding and having that, just like Henry's talking about in his book, and we haven't even mentioned it, is called Change the Narrative, How to Foster an Anti-Racist Culture in Your School. It talks a lot about how to create inclusivity, belonging. And that goes with us interacting with educators. We see you. 
We want to hear you. And that's where that starts too. So I just wanted to pause there because you said some really good things on how do we align the product to your needs and you really feel seen and heard. Without a doubt. I, I think that for, again, for us as school leaders is that there's a lot of things that we're trying to solve in our school and people are, and teachers are pretty exhausted over the last couple of years and so helping them to, to, or helping educators to adopt something new. We really have to see how it's going to benefit the work that we're working on in our school. And as I said, I think the best relationships that I have seen with, with companies has been those who are really trying to understand what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish in our, my school? And recognizing that there may be nuance. And I think the best products are ones that have some flexibility. So I use the example of MyFlex Learning because they were extremely, they are extremely flexible, but they're extremely flexible in, in, in with the user and they're extremely responsive as a company. So when we are saying we're struggling with, with students moving from one wind block to another wind block, right? They create a digital path, a digital pass for us. Like they're responsive. And I think that whether it's actually creating something or just giving us guidance to think through strategic thinking, like that helps build that relationship, makes that relationship stronger. And I've seen that with small companies. I've seen that with multinational companies that when they are most effective, they're able to help me problem solve. Yes. And earlier you talked about the name of the game right now isn't necessarily adding on. And it may for some select things that are brand new technologies. But most of the time right now, we're experiencing that tech bloat. And you're going in and going, gosh, we really need this. We really need this. How do I know this is working? Can you talk me through like the, the top considerations you make if you're keeping something versus just saying, mm, maybe not working? Yeah. And, I, I, and maybe even to clarify what I meant is that it may not be, we may be taking on something new, but we're going to get rid of something if we do that. And that's just from a financial standpoint, but also just from a bandwidth standpoint for, for our school. And so certainly anything that's, that is structural solution or an organizational solution, we've thought about like task management through like Asana, for example, has been super helpful for our team and how we build our, how we build our schedule, how we build, how we go through our budgeting process. And so those have been super helpful as well as instructional software that helps to meet instructional goal that we have. So social emotional learning skills are something that we're really thinking about. And companies that help have helped to build differentiated curriculum around CL strategies and skill building have been really helpful and stuff that's not canned, but actually is built on true CL skills for students, whether it's empathetic skills or whether it's self-regulation type of skills. And then also type of software that's on the instructional or curricular standpoint, ones that are really helping our students when we're struggling. So I talked earlier about one of our goals is how do we support students when they're struggling, regardless if they have a disability or not. And so there's been some math and ELA type of software that have been, that have allowed students to work on an individual basis for, for, you know, skill building, but also some that have been helpful for credit recovery, right? And so again, solving, helping us to solve a problem that we have those we, we have found to be the most useful. Got it. So really for you, your lens is, gosh, I got this problem or this is our focus. I'll, I'm going to keep the stuff that most directly aligns with that. And 
maybe discard. And like you said, it's not necessarily a cutting. Some schools and districts are, they became so bloated with tech in the pandemic, they are just cutting for cutting sake and simplifying and looking for tools that are a little bit more all in one versus things and looking at engagement and are, are, are people actually using it and those things. But what I hear from you is like, no, I think we're probably good budget wise, but we need to, if we add something in, let's take something away, but let's always go with the lens of does this align with what we want to do as a school? Without a doubt. And, so, and, I, and I also think like connecting my two points of helping us to solve a problem and, al- and also company helping us to think through how we can solve that problem. So IXL was a great example where they were marketing a lot towards elementary schools, but we had a need for students who were performing below standards. And they worked with us to help us think through how do we support students with our with interrupted or, or limited formal education to help them to build those skills. And that's been one of the best resources for our math teachers, for our students who are struggling the most, right? They were helpful in helping us to think through how it could help a need at a high school. Yes. And the other thing which you just demonstrated more eloquently than me thinking about it was you're, you're talking about the shift from vendor to partner and really thinking it through together and being responsive in customer service because you're never you're not going to get it right at the first time. And, and how do you ease a smooth transition and implementation? You trust and you have somebody on, not call, but like they're responsive enough that they can adjust or have the technology adjust to your specific needs. And that's the hardest thing of well, not the hardest. One of the challenges in K through 12 education is it's so nuanced school to school. Everyone's needs are slightly different. So how do you implement something and make sure that you're doing it with fidelity? So anyway, thank you so much for your time, Henry. This was, I know that you probably don't get to talk about the, the tech aspect as much, but it is so valuable to our audience because a lot of the times in a tech, if we don't, embed educator voices, we make assumptions. Mm. Assumptions can lead us in the wrong direction. So I thank you for being transparent about here's how I do things and here are my priorities. And for those of you that are educators listening, you're like, oh, boring and tactical, but so helpful and insightful. <laughs> you don't understand. So thank you. For sure. I've, so I've had people who have uh, shadowed me and they'd say, some of your meetings are really boring, but it's actually sometimes those boring meetings that actually help kids the most. And you have to think, you have to think that strategic way to make the most impact for your Yes. When I started as a marketer after Edutopia, I started working with all sorts of ed tech companies. And one of them was a school scheduling company. And I have to tell you that the people that talk about school schedules, it's a boring topic, right? (laughs) And they don't really like talking about it because they've already accepted the status quo. So it was one of the biggest challenges a marketer ever encountered, but it makes a huge difference. Like you said, it was one of the things that was the most like differentiated. And wow, if we rolled it out successfully, it makes a difference every single day. Big time. Agreed. Yes. So we ask all of our guests one closing question. And it's really necessary in our work. We are all very passionate human beings, especially in education. But we are human beings that get drained. So how do you personally recharge on those days that are just so challenging? What gets you coming back the next day excited and ready to go? So I would say that whether I'm in, in the building or it's at the end of a really hard day, I try to develop a strategy of just being able to check out, to leave the work, leave a, the, or the walk away from the work for a bit. So I may step away from my office or wherever a meeting I'm in and just hang out with kids in the cafeteria. 
and just in the just chat. That's a quick way for me just to feel re-energized and remember why I'm in this job. Or it may just be spending time with my family or I'm really passionate about my yoga practice. And so doing that or going for a walk or work or working out, those are ways that I can disconnect. And writing for me was, was a meditative process. That's why I wrote the book during a really hard time because it, it was helped me with some, it was therapy for me. And so those are definitely the ways I, I, I recharge is just disconnecting a bit and getting away from the craziness of the job. Yeah, I like it. You started with grounding practice of something that you can do in your day to day, but break out to the kid, to the educators that I'm supporting to really give me that bump. But then what are some things in my day to day? And in this answer for all of our podcast guests, we get a variety of things, but there's usually a grounding force of it, of what you mentioned. And then what do I do for myself almost unapologetically? Like mm-hmm. when I put self-care into myself, know that I'm a better human. I'm a better, I'm coming as a better person, more recharged and more productive the next day. And for those of you educators listening, that's just your gentle reminder to take care of you throughout the school year. Okay. Thank you so much, Henry. We will put the link to your book in the show notes as well. And for people that want to get in touch with you, how can they go ahead and do that? Yeah. So um, on a variety of social media, you can find me on Instagram at Turner underscore HJ, Twitter or X, whatever it's being called today at Turner HJ. And then I do a biweekly newsletter on social justice leadership. You can subscribe to that at henryjturner.com backslash subscribe. Awesome. Thank you again for spending the time with us. We really appreciate it. And gosh, I love reconnecting after all these years. So let's find some ways to collaborate and do something that really makes a difference this year. 100%. I would would love to do that. And thanks so much for having me. It means a lot. Awesome. Take care. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode. If you love what you heard and you want to dive deeper into the topics or want to just hear more from Henry in particular, you can start by getting his book. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And in terms of getting in touch with Henry and continuing the conversation with him, you can reach him on social media at Turner HJ on Twitter slash X. And we'll put all the links to other ways that you can get in contact with Henry in the show notes. And speaking of the show notes, they are located as always on our website, leoniconsultinggroup.com. And this episode is backslash the number 60. So six zero. So leoniconsultinggroup.com backslash 60. It'll include the audio, the transcript, all of the things. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate you. We will see you next time on all things marketing and education. Take care.